This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining us for our daily Bible study. We'll be reading from Acts chapter 9 today. I'll be reading from the World English Bible. But Saul, still breathing threats and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he traveled, he got close to Damascus, and suddenly a light from the sky shone around him. He fell on the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the prods. Rise up and enter into the city. Then you will be told what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the sound, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. They led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. He was without sight for three days, and neither ate nor drank. So Saul was very zealous in persecuting the church. And then suddenly along the way, this light shines on him and it blinds him. And then God speaks from heaven and he says, uh, why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, who are you, Lord? Now remember the first of all commandments to the Jews was from the book of Deuteronomy, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And so when he asks, Who are you, Lord? Saul knows that he's speaking to God as he's engulfed in this bright light and a voice is thundering from heaven. But evidently he's not sure of how he's guilty of persecuting the Lord. So he's asking for clarity. And then the Lord said, I am Jesus. Jesus tells him it's hard for you to kick against the prods. Uh, This is like cattle prods that would steer you in a certain direction. And so there had been events in Saul's life that were steering him to the point of being a believer and repenting. And he had been resisting. He didn't say it's impossible for you to do this, but he said it's hard for you to do this. So what had been prodding Saul up to this point? Well, All we've heard from Saul in the book of Acts is in Acts 5, when the apostles were arrested, Saul isn't mentioned, but his teacher, Gamaliel, was. And the one that Saul learned at his feet in Gamaliel, he he recognized the mighty work that the apostles were doing. And so he warned the elders that were assembled there. And the council, he said, we need to just wait and see, because what if this is of God? And so though he didn't convert that we know of, he left the door open that we need to at least consider if this story of Jesus being resurrected, uh, when we couple that with the miraculous signs we're seeing, and then also the boldness of these believers, what if God's in it? And so they were beaten, and after they were beaten, they weren't intimidated. They kept teaching and preaching. So there was the witness of the apostles. And then you had Stephen, who was martyred, and Saul was there consenting to his death. And when Stephen was martyred, he was filled with boldness and with wisdom from the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. And he died proclaiming Jesus, and his last words were praying for the murderers who killed him to be forgiven. And so Saul was there and saw all of this. And then since then, he had been arresting Christians. And evidently, they must have acted like Christians because all of his experiences with these people were 
pushing him to realize that their claims about Jesus Christ were real. And so the faithful witness of the saints had pushed and prodded Saul till he was ready to believe whenever the light shined on the Damascus road. And so the Lord told Saul, he said, you need to go to Damascus and then you would be told what to do. And so he, we see that first that Saul believed um, because he obeyed the voice. And clearly then he would have been repentant because he is believing now in this same Jesus that he's been persecuting um, others for believing in. Of course, repent means to turn. And so uh, his heart, his life has truly turned. He's been humbled and so he's brought blind and is waiting Verse 10, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, behold, it's me, Lord. The Lord said to him, arise and go to the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judah for one named Saul, man of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him, that he might receive his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he did to your saints at Jerusalem. Here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go your way, for he is my chosen vessel to bear my name before the nations and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Ananias departed and entered into the house. Laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. He received his sight. He arose and was baptized. So the Lord orchestrates this meeting between Saul and Ananias, a believer, and Saul's conversion is going to follow the pattern of Hebrews chapter 6. First, there's a preacher to come and tell him what he must do. We saw that he's had faith and repentance, as I mentioned, but now it follows the pattern. When the man of God comes, he lays hands on him. He baptizes him in water, and he is baptized in the Spirit as well. And we know that Saul spoke in tongues whenever he received the Spirit because he wrote to the Corinthian church that he spoke in tongues more than all of them. So he was, he was a tongue-talking Christian. Um, we also see the gracious way that he was received. Ananias, upon encountering Saul, meeting him for the first time, immediately called him Brother Saul and uh, confirmed that the, his experience with the Lord was real and that the Lord had great plans for him. And so we see that God works through the church to bring in converts. Verse 19, he took food and was strengthened. Saul stayed several days with the disciples who were at Damascus. Immediately in the synagogues, he proclaimed the Christ, that he is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Isn't this he who in Jerusalem made havoc of those who called on this name? And he had come here intending to bring them bound before the chief priest. But Saul increased more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus, proving that this is the Christ. When many days were fulfilled, the Jews conspired together to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. 
They watched the gates both day and night that they might kill him. But his disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall, lowering him in a basket. When Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the way and that he had spoken to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus." He was with them entering into and going out of Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord, and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. When the brothers knew it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the assemblies throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were built up. They were multiplied, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And so the disciples were fearful and skeptical of Saul's conversion. And then Barnabas, remember he was the one when we were first introduced, uh, gave sacrificially. He was a giver. His name meant that he was an encourager. And now we see that he takes and he vouches for this new Christian. And Saul was finally received by the church. He was so bold in his ministry. He was strengthened by the Lord that he went from being a persecutor to now being the target of persecution himself. And so the church sent him to Tarsus and finally there was a time of peace. And so they grew in number. And I thought this was interesting. It said they grew in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy, of the Holy Ghost. As Peter went throughout all those parts, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden for eight years because he was paralyzed. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately he arose. All who lived at Lydda and in Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which was translated means Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and acts of mercy, which she did. In those days, she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. As Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Jesus was there, sent to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Peter got up and went with them. When he had come, they brought him into the upper room. All the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and raised her up. Calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. This became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. He stayed many days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon. So we see Peter traveled throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria, and these areas where they had peace ministering. And after performing um, this mighty uh, series of miracles, um, revival came, and eventually he was in Joppa where there was this woman, Tabitha, who had done good works. We see the power of a testimony again. She had done good works and acts of mercy. And so when she died, people gathered around to mourn. And so when Peter came to pray for her, there were all the widows that she had been doing good things for, helping to provide for. And so they were mourning the loss of this sweet-spirited lady. And so whenever Peter came and raised her to life, 
there was a great testimony to all these people who had been attracted to her by her good works. And it opened the door for revival. And so there's new believers and Peter stays there with this new congregation. And I'm sure he was very excited about what the Lord was doing there in Joppa. But little did Peter know that this was going to be the opening of the door of revival to all the people of the whole world, that God was in all of this. So as we conclude this chapter, um, one thing that kept recurring was the importance of Christians being Christians and having the fruit and the effect that their testimony has on the lives of others. We see Saul being goaded uh, to the point of conversion. We see him being uh, ministered to. We see uh, him being received and vouched for by Barnabas. We see here the revival that comes, uh, yes, through the power of the minister, but also through the testimony of the life of a disciple named Tabitha. And so we see how God uses his people. So let's pray that God would use us in that way, that we would see revival come in our day. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. We ask for your anointing and your help. I pray that we could have true Christian character, that we could be lights in darkness, I pray, Lord, that you would use us, that others would get to know you. We pray, Lord, that we would see the the people come in that are sincere-hearted, that they would come and find you and find the knowledge of the truth, be baptized in water in your lovely name, be baptized in the power of the Spirit, that just great revival would come and that we would be a part of it. We thank you. We pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. Join me again tomorrow for another episode.